Welcome to The Art of Medicine, the program that explores the arts, business, and clinical aspects of the practice of medicine. I'm your host, Dr. Andrew Wilner. Today, I'd like to welcome Manuj Agarwal. Manuj is the host of the successful podcast, Bootstrapping Your Dreams. He's here today to talk about technology, entrepreneurship, and how to be successful in a future with so many unknowns. But before we get started, I'd like to thank our sponsor, locumstory.com. Maybe you're curious about locums and how it might fit into your career story. But do you know all the different reasons physicians choose locums and how it works for them? At locumstory.com, you can hear firsthand stories as diverse as physicians themselves. There's not one solution for everyone. The variety of opportunities might surprise you. Locum Story is an unbiased educational resource. It has tools that let you explore trends in your specialty and compare different locums agencies. There's even a simple quiz to see if locums is right for you. Do your own research at locumstory.com. It's easy. All right, and now to my guest, Manuj Agarwal. Welcome. Thank you so much. Uh, so excited to be here. Well, I'm thrilled to have you on. We haven't on this on this program, which comes out every two weeks. We we haven't really talked yet about tech, the interface uh, between technology and healthcare and physicians, and of course AI. You know, not ten minutes goes by when I'm scrolling that I don't see something new in the news about AI and. Uh, Frankly, I'm I'm still of the generation that's kind of skeptical about AI. I don't know mm. if you remember the uh, the acronym G I G O. Remember that? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Garbage in, garbage out, and yeah, 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 uh, yeah, that yeah. for computers that was great, you know. But the quality of the information going in was often the problem getting the information out not the hard part the hard part's getting the information yeah. in and all these recording devices we're going to monitor your heart you know all day or your brain waves problem is get a lot of garbage going in and that translates into garbage going out now maybe they'll fix those problems i don't know so yeah, yeah. tell us a little bit about your background and and why you're qualified to talk sure. about uh, ai Sure. Yeah. Well, uh, first of all, thank you for so much for having me. Um, so my background is technology. I've been in technology space for about 30 years, uh, worked with the hundreds of startups, helping them build their technology. A couple of them went public uh, recently, uh, worked with Fortune 500 companies like Microsoft and Pearson Education and a whole bunch of others, uh, worked in healthcare for a long time. Uh, we uh, I was part of the team which built uh, digital um, solutions for the uh, for the province of British Columbia, which is about five million residents here uh, in Canada. And that system was then adopted later in Canada and other countries. So, uh, you know, I've had a lot of uh, expertise in building technology for healthcare. And, and in terms of artificial intelligence, I'm one of the leading experts in AI in the world. I have four patents in artificial intelligence and uh, delivered some really impactful work, uh, spe specifically one project in education uh, where we use AI to help students complete their degree programs because uh, 
30 uh, percent of the students uh, actually drop out in the first two years so that project uh, actually got uh, special mentions from president obama and bill gates so uh, yeah i've had uh, some really uh, cool uh, you know i've been fortunate enough to work on some cool projects and so i guess i have a few things i can share with the audience so where were you when they developed the emr that i'm using um well uh, uh, believe it or not like i've been part of some emr projects as well uh, it may not be the one that specifically you are using but yeah i mean it has been um, uh, you know it has been an interesting journey learning the healthcare system and how it operates from from inside well, I'm not sure you want to take credit for helping to develop the EMR because, <laughs> uh, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, I can feel your pain. I can feel your pain. You know, but that's my question. With all this technology, why isn't it better? You know, okay, why so isn't it better for, get, to the let's user? Get, get, let's get down to it, right? So the thing is, I come from an engineering background, and as engineers, we are taught a certain way we are taught to communicate certain way we are taught to look at the world in a certain way right so for us for uh, for engineers it's all black and white it's all need to be done straight lines and measured and all that now human beings don't uh, behave like engineers do i mean engineers are human beings but they have their own way of dealing with things um the problem is that when engineers build the system they build it for themselves. They look at the world from their point of view and they don't understand that as a physician, you have a million other things on your mind and you may not be, you know, uh, you may not be inclined to enter the right data at the right field at the right time because you have other important things to take care of. So uh, you can see how uh, when you apply uh, user-centric design, uh, for example, the iPhone, why did it become the most popular device because the emphasis was on the the user experience like you just tap one button and then the whole world of app opens up to you and even a child can sort of navigate through it and all that and that is the reason because that technology became so successful the idea uh, that most engineers and i i learned it way late in my career is to build a technology that is so easy that it is almost transparent. It, 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 the role of the engineer is to is sort of remove the complexity uh, from uh, the user's life. And it's a process, it's an iteration. You know, so um, uh, of course, when uh, these large systems come out, they focus on the on just getting the job done. But then slowly as, as you provide the feedback, if they are listening to their users, they start to improve and they, you know, they start to make those improvements and, and uh, bring about those changes that makes uh, life easier for you. Yeah, I want to thank you for making that point about it. It really is a clash of uh, cultures between uh, the way engineers see problems and the way, you know, physicians who are usually face to face with, with people see problems. Yeah. And, and I have an engineering joke for you. You've probably heard this. <laughs> But, you know, many of us uh, struggle with, is the glass half empty or yeah, yeah. glass half full, right? But if you ask an engineer if it's half empty or half full, the engineer will say, well, why didn't they just build the glass the right size to begin with? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. 
So I think a lot of the human nuances, for example, the obvious one, having a screen between you and the patient, yeah. uh, that doesn't work very well uh, yeah. for human uh, communication. So I think the other th key thing you said was if they are listening. And I think uh, many of us on this side of the screen uh, uh, have the impression that those who are building these uh, softwares really aren't listening too hard to what we have to say, because it should not be a struggle and take, you know, there was this paper that showed that for every hour a physician spends with a patient, spend two hours documenting it. Well, yeah. you know, that's, that's criminal, right? Those people yeah. should go to jail in my, in my opinion, uh, to create a situation uh, like that. All right. Now with AI, right, you've got some patents in AI. AI is here. We have, you know, computers that are more powerful and chips that are faster and can do 17 things at once, right? Is this going to get any better or is it just going to get worse? I believe it will get better, right? So uh, let's uh, uh, let's build upon the previous argument. Um, so we as humans, we have sort of, you know, uh, devised a society where everybody is specialized. And that was because of industrialization. We had to have special skills uh, in people. And that created siloed environment where, you know, engineers cannot empathize with physicians and, you know, and so on and so forth. Every, every field has their own problems. But with artificial intelligence, uh, you know, you can think of it as a collective consciousness of entire humanity. And it becomes like one person who can answer all your questions. So now a creative person can actually start to use AI and say, okay, I'm going to take some uh, best ideas from uh, from the medicine field. I'm going to take another uh, some other great ideas from the engineering field. And then I'm going to take some other ideas from the art field and I'm gonna mix it together. And I can conceive of a beautiful looking EMR that will really uh, align with the physician's day-to-day uh, -day activities or you know their preferences or what have you. Before uh, the advent of AI, I would have had to find top uh, top engineer, top physician, top artist in their field with years and years of experience and their willingness to come to the table, work with each other, and you know th th that's no easy feat. So that is the that is the um, impact of AI. I can see where really creative people can now have access to this, you know, um, immensely intelligent machine that can help them unleash their creativity easily. Make sense? Yes. And I'm wondering, Manuj, in about 30 minutes, you know, when we wrap this up, I wonder if uh, you and I could start working on a new AMR. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm all for it. Uh, see, the thing is that it's an exciting time for, for me, for sure, because there's a lot of misinformation, just like maybe in 10, 15 minutes. I hope I was able to clear some misconceptions. But the idea is once once you start to look at the 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 scope and the possibilities, everybody starts to get excited. And just like I hope uh, you are excited too. Yeah, I mean, if you need any help building EMR, let's do it. All right. Now the other question I think that's sort of in the back of everybody's mind, you know, as computers get more sophisticated, right? There's AI, and once we start using it on a daily basis, and as you say, you can have the entire knowledge of the planet, you know, in one box that you plug in, uh, or to the cloud, I guess is probably where it goes. Uh, am I going to lose my job? Am I going to be replaced? 
see the the as you said um, earlier the the primary role uh, in my opinion when i visit a physician is when the physician talks to me human to human like you know they 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 say hey you know what is happening tell me a little bit about your history your background they are trying to understand me at a human level a machine is never going to be able to do uh, to to do that they never going to the machine will be able to diagnose based on facts but it's never going to be able to empathize me it's never going to be able to comfort me it's never going to be able to know me as a human being so you know when when i go visit my family physician uh, he knows the entire journey of my life you know where i come from what happened and you know w- with my kids and all that stuff so um i we can feed that information into the machine but i i'm not going to as a patient i'm not going to feel that attachment yes it will help you to diagnose problems faster uh, get second opinions uh, maybe you know even come up with new drugs faster maybe medicine will turn into hyper personalized medicine where you know we create each drug based on your genome or your dna or something along those lines uh, but um, i find it absurd to think that any technology is actually going to replace humans uh, it's all, always technology is going to augment us our ability the only difference being so far all the inventions we made they were uh, made to enhance our physical abilities like the car is going to help us go faster the crane is going to help us uh, lift heavier weights but uh, with ai the first time in human history it enhances our cognitive abilities but the empathetic abilities and those type of things that that are not replaceable Oh, well, that's reassuring. <laughs> I feel better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and, and I can see how, you know, we do collect a lot of data, blood test, genotype, patient has an illness, what kind of illness, they have cancer, what kind of cancer, you know, what are the mutations, what are the options for treatment, you know, that requires a, a lot of manpower to sort of identify these things and then to sort of search the recent literature. You know, what are people doing around the world for this particular thing? And AI, certainly, you know, if the right information is fed in there, you know, very quickly it could spit it out. Okay, you've got XYZ mutation, ABC options. You know, these were the various results of the trials. So in a split second, you could have the up-to-date treatment options which you know you then could explain to the patient and depending on their particular you know uh, needs and wants and age and you know responsibilities and religion and all the things that the ai probably isn't going to deal with all that well uh you know make a therapeutic alliance and uh, make some progress so so i feel a little better it sounds like i might have a good tool now, one place that I've seen AI that actually makes sense to me is in uh, assisting in interpreting images, like yeah, yeah, past yeah. slides yeah. or x-rays or dermatology biopsies. I've seen some headlines about that. What do you think about that? Does that actually make sense? Is that are they absolutely be- absolutely? I, I you know we I, we actually worked on a project where we created a three D printed uh, orthotic which was custom fitted to uh, a, a person's foot, and we were working with trained physicians and and experts in um, you know people who uh, experts in biomechanics who und- people who understand the movement of bones and and things like that, and we trained uh, our AI system uh, gathering data from these experts. And mind you, these experts, uh, they had minimum 10 to 20 years of experience in their field. Within six 
um, I think six weeks, uh, the AI was performing better or equivalent to these trained professionals, right? So, and I was blown away uh, with the accuracy of the system. Like I, I helped build the system, but uh, I was the lead uh, technologist, but I was blown away. Like, how can the machine be better than a trained person with decades of experience? The, the, the idea again is like, you know, a human mind is capable of learning a lot, but we are still limited. If we just focus on our own mind, we are still limited to our capacity of, you know, uh, interpreting the world around us, our, our, uh, our capacity to remember things. But when you uh, combine the uh, thinking power, cognitive power of millions of uh, physicians around the globe, and that is accessible to you in an in instant, yeah, I mean, it's, it's magical. So definitely, you know, a diagnosis of images, of, of uh, radiograms, any kind of measurements uh, that uh, these devices are going to collect, in my opinion, they will actually start to get diagnosed first and foremost by AI. And then the physician will say, oh yeah, this sounds okay or not. And so it, it will, I mean, you can imagine like the, the, these kind of repetitive tasks, um, they will be automated but then the humans will be able to get more free time to, you know, uh, look at it in a, in a more meaningful way and uh, provide their opinion. That's where I think the future is going. So we'll still need to maybe overread. Uh, that's what we call it. Like the computer now actually will spit out an interpretation of a cardiogram. Yeah. yeah. Do the EKG and the, com the computer will interpret it. Uh, it'll say normal sinus rhythm or left bundle branch block or something. And it's usually right. It's not always right. Um, and the cardiologist will look at the EKG, you know, later. But you have do have an instantaneous interpretation that, as I say, is usually uh, right. You know, one application that comes to mind is uh, learning. You know, in a classroom, you have 30 kids and they're all going to learn slightly differently. You know, some are brighter than others, some are more focused than others, some learn, you know, better visually, some learn better, you know, listening. So wouldn't it be cool if AI could adjust, sort of continue to present more advanced problems personally? Yeah. Can it do that? No, in fact, it's funny you mention it because uh, I have a patent on exactly uh, that kind of system where uh, we built a system which is a personalized learning uh, where if a student, let's say in a class of 30, they are teaching math. If a, if a student knows a particular area of math, they will be able to advance faster. And if a person needs more help, he or she will be given more um, uh, material to read in the format, as you mentioned, video format, images, whatever. So uh, this system already exists. And I actually built it, what, maybe like almost uh, eight, nine years ago. So, so yeah, I mean, we have come a long way since then. So where do I get it? Um, I can uh, I can put you in touch with the company. It's called Desire to Learn. Um, and there's another company called Newton. Uh, and I think these were the two companies back then. They were major competitors. But now I think there, there must be more out there. Like Khan Academy, for example. I just saw they yes. released. They yes, released, I'm familiar uh, yeah. with that. Yeah. So, so it, it, education as we know it is going to change. I don't think there's going to be any industry that is going to look the same in five to 10 years. It's going to be very different, but um, just like with the mobile phone revolution, it sort of 
we started adopting it and before we knew it it became part of our life so it's the same thing with ai like we are just at the cusp of the beginning of this uh, adoption and in 5 10 years is going to change quite a few things but then it's not going to be like we will get used to it slowly we will figure things out as we always do tell me a little bit about your uh podcast bootstrapping your dreams what's that all about yeah. Yeah so uh, so you know uh, people who know my know my story um, my story is i used to work in a factory in india for 2 dollars a day and now i'm you know um, i'm a global uh, globally recognized expert uh, working with fortune 500 companies so that journey was an eventful journey or lots of ups and downs um, but what i feel like uh, you know when i talk to people about uh, their dreams they always uh, come up with some excuse you know i don't have the money i don't have the time i don't have you know this or that whatever it is they make excuses so um of course you know i'm not uh, here to lecture anybody but on my podcast i showcase other stories who have gone from like you know little to no resources to where they are today and how was that journey how did they you know get through that uh, ups and downs because uh the, anything that is worth uh, you know accomplishing something i mean becoming a physician i'm sure you had uh, you know your challenges it's it's never easy so uh, you know showcasing those stories to say hey if you really want to go for something you have to make the sacrifice and you these are the ways that people have done it so uh, you know use these stories as inspiration and there's a lot of like tips and tricks and 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 things that people share how they deal with these situations and so uh that's the theme of the uh the the podcast bootstrapping your dreams you know how do you how do you like achieve your dreams with with little to no resources well that sounds uh yeah i think what you said it's never easy you know when you see a successful person like yourself you know you got a great office and a nice suit it's like oh he's got it easy uh you don't see the the back story you don't see that this started at uh, $2 a day um and i think that it's really important to recognize that a lot of people who are successful that their their journey there was rocky and uh mine certainly wasn't uh straightforward yeah <laughs> it's not exactly a rags to riches uh, story i didn't start out really literally in rags and riches still seem elusive yeah, yeah. but yeah. uh there were many uh sort of deviations from what i thought would have been my uh path and that did require some uh, persistence uh so i i think your podcast now what is i've heard the term bootstrapping what does that mean so bootstrapping comes from uh, you know generally in uh, technology startups um there are two ways to grow a tech startup uh, i mean this is for every business but generally these terms are used in technology startups where they say do you want to raise money talking to a venture capitalist so let's say you come up with an idea for emr you know we need capital you go to venture capitalist they say okay i'm going to take 20% of your company and here is a million dollars go build it um that's one way or bootstrapping is you know you just sell some of your belongings you know you you take out the savings and you you, you put up some money and hire a couple of uh, junior interns and then you bring your idea to life and hope that it'll work so that's bootstrapping so it's like you know whether you want to which way you want to go and so the idea is if you if you are able to bootstrap if you are able if you have the courage to you know stick to your beliefs 
then bootstrapping is the right way to go because when you get money from when you take money from somebody else money money is a weird thing like you it has a lot of power you know invisible power that comes uh, comes with taking somebody's money so so yeah i mean that's what it's about well that definitely sounds like it's uh, worth a listen yeah and i agree you know you always hear about self-made men who started their own company and then it gets really big and then they sell it and then they leave <laughs> because they don't like working there anymore when somebody else owns it uh yeah. it's uh it's different well we're getting close to time and is there anything else you'd like to add no i will just say you know uh, uh ai is here to stay my advice to people is uh, not to fall for misinformation or you know fear um try to take baby steps and embrace it a little bit and you will start to see how transformative it is uh and i urge people to do that because uh it's just like the internet like you know a lot of people said i don't need a website i don't need a email address um and look where we are now uh so the sooner you can adopt it the the better you advantage you will be able to take uh, of this technology oh oh i agree and we don't have enough time to talk about the potential evils of AI. Maybe next time. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to thank my guest, Manuj Agarwal, for appearing on The Art of Medicine. Thank you so much. Thank you. Before we close, I'd like to give another thanks to our sponsor, locumstory.com, a resource where providers can get real, unbiased answers about locum tenants. I'm Dr. Andrew Wilner. See you next time. This program is hosted, edited, and produced by Andrew Wilner, MD, FACP, FAAN. Guests receive no financial compensation for their appearance on the art of medicine. Andrew Wilner, MD, is Associate Professor of Neurology at the University of Tennessee Health Science Center, Memphis, Tennessee. Views, thoughts, and opinions expressed on this program belong solely to Dr. Wilner and his guests and not necessarily to their employers, organizations, or other group or individual. While this program intends to be informative, it is meant for entertainment purposes only. The Art of Medicine does not offer professional financial, legal, or medical advice. Dr. Wilner and his guests assume no responsibility or liability for any damages, financial or otherwise, that arise in connection with consuming this program's content. Thanks for watching. For more episodes of The Art of Medicine, please subscribe. www.andrewwilner.com <laughs>